Welcome to Your Story Matters, the show where we share inspiring stories from all around the world. After you've listened to this one, why don't you tell us yours? Share your story at yourstorymatters.net. But first, here's your host, speaker and writer, Angela Schaefers. Today I have the pleasure of interviewing Derek Mills. I'll be talking with Derek about his story and the power behind the changes in his life. He is a speaker, an international speaker, and author of 10 Second Philosophy, A Practical Guide to Releasing Your Inner Genius. Derek is known as the Standards Guy, and he'll explain to you why. Hi, Derek. Welcome to the show. Hi, Angela. Thank you for having me. Very excited to have you on the show. I read your book myself and just was so happy to see someone understand some of the things that I think about awareness, being in the moment, and really living life to its fullest because you're aware of what's happening around you as far as opportunities and connections and those types of things. But before we talk about the book and all the exciting things that you're doing, I would love for you to share with the listeners a bit of your history and background. I know that your childhood greatly affected who you are as a person and how you developed as a man. So could you share with the listeners some of that story and tell them how it evolved into doing some of the things that you do with your business as far as investing? Yeah, cool. I think one of the things it's uh, fair to say at this point is that some of our most challenging times and problematic times in our lives can actually turn out to be the greatest blessings Mm. that we have. Mm -hmm. And um, you may even want to call that our, our graces because I was, you know, 13 years old, and one day I got home and, and discovered my house was full of relatives and family members. And as I was trying to figure out what was going on and why they were looking sad, it was really when I looked through the window to look across the road. Come on, my mother's bus pulled up across the road. She wasn't on it. And as I began to turn back into the room to ask what was going on, one of the neighbours just burst into the house and shouted, Mavis is dead, Mavis is dead. And she began weeping. And that was how, age 13, that I discovered my mother had died. Really until that point, it was really a case of I was um, uh, suffering, in pain, and um, not really knowing what, what to do. I'll tell you one thing I did remember, and that was I didn't believe it at the time. I knew absolutely certain that it wasn't actually true. So that night I went to bed crying myself to sleep, willing myself to get to sleep, because I knew if I could just get to sleep, this would be an awful mistake, it would be a dream, it would be a nightmare, and I'd wake up and it would all be fine. But as it turned out, I went to bed and I woke up and it wasn't fine. My mother was dead and she was she was gone. She was 35 years old. So for me, it was really around saying to myself, what, what do I do? I'm, I'm, you know, I was lost, I was confused, and my whole world had changed. Let's talk a little bit more about that impact and influence of your mother's death. That's quite a significant age, being a young teenager, to have such a loss in your life. How do you think that affect the outcome as far as your character and the man you became, having to deal with that sort of grief and life change? I think quite dramatically, simply because I, I learned to speak three times. Mm-hmm. First, I found my voice as a child, as we all do, when we learn to speak for the very first time, when we form our words and sounds and we get to understand their meaning and the impact on ourselves and others. Then, 
in my late um, mid to late twenties, I had a rather insulting letter sent to me um, from a young lady who told me that I couldn't speak properly and I babbled and. That really made me go out there and find my voice again. I went on speaking courses to learn how to speak for the second time. And that was because you began to stutter, is that correct? correct? Well, I've been yeah, stuttering since my age of 13, but okay. age 25, it's still with me. And um, at 25, uh, I was asked to introduce someone who is talking to some new potential recruits. And effectively, what happened was that I did a babbling, stuttering, sweating introduction that seemed to go on forever. It was probably only about 30, 40 seconds. And the young lady that was in the audience that day of these 14, 15 assembled people wrote me a personal letter telling me she didn't get a job with the company. And she couldn't understand how she didn't get a job with the company when, and I'm quoting, someone like you, Mr. Mills, who can't even speak properly and who babbled incoherently. Mm. can be working in there and I couldn't. It doesn't really matter what her intention was. The mm -hmm. fact is she was a blessing. Mm -hmm. Because from that point I made a decision to go on speaking courses and learn to speak again for the second time. And that's what I did. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I went to the Carnegie courses and had breathing and learned how to control my voice and my thoughts and my thinking and everything else and just shifted my whole life. So if you'd met me again when I was about in my early 30s, you wouldn't have called me a stutterer. Mm -hmm. um, that was the shift over those kind of five years in my late 20s. And I found my voice for the third time when just over eight years ago, I woke up and discovered who I really was and discovered my true self voice. I began to live from that place and speak from that place. Mm, that is powerful. And let's talk a little bit about that because I think it's very important for the listeners to realize that there are traumatic events that affect us. Sometimes it can be physically, emotionally, both mentally. And you somehow had the wherewithal to understand that there was a way to deal with this, to get help, to change the situation you were in. And that's a very valuable piece of information that I think a lot of people need to hear. What was it within you that prompted you? Maybe, perhaps it was based on some embarrassment or shame, but what was really dwelling within you that said to you, Derek, I need to get help. I need to get over this. I can overcome this stuttering that has hindered me all these years. There's only one way to explain what was really happening there. And that was my truth spoke to me. Mm. Because the, our truth is our most important and most powerful asset, our truth. Because mm -hmm. inside of me, my true self, I didn't call myself my true self then. It was just me. And at that point where I had that letter from that young lady, she was absolutely right. And inside me, I knew the truth was that, you know what, I used to be able to speak when I was a child, before mother died. I can speak. I'm just not speaking now. This is a thing. This is a challenge. It's something I'm going through. And therefore, though I'm not, I didn't see myself being permanently emotionally damaged. As close as I was to my mother, I, I didn't think I was personally damaged. But I was willing to go and rediscover my truth. Mm -hmm. And it was that point, because it's okay to go inside and have those thoughts. Angela and to have those emotions and to have that awareness right but working with people around the world what I've discovered is that you get the solution and you get to discover who you really are and your real gifts and talents when you take action from that place inside of you absolutely Having the awareness is not enough mm -hmm. it's the action that we take from that place and that's why I, I took action mm -hmm. I followed through on the truth that was being revealed to me that yes you can speak I therefore went on so I didn't go on stuttering courses 
for courses for stutterers. I didn't want to be a stutterer. I wanted to be a speaker. I went mm-hmm. on speaking courses, and that was my truth. Mm. That's powerful, and I love that you share that because I think that's critical for people to hear that we need to take action. There is hope to create change and to create the life that you desire and that you really want. And I think that's part of the problem, what's holding people back, is they think that it's just not possible. So I love what you've talked about already and what you share in your book about the possibilities. So you talked about going on and getting into personal finance and working in that manner. Can you share the story about that one pivotal moment when you were working like crazy and trying to make money and trying to be a family man and doing all these things that shifted you as far as another time in your life where you knew that your life needed to change? Angela, I was a failure in every single area that mattered to me. That's that's what my life was. I was 38 years old, um, having to save my house from foreclosure, having to stop though, the sheriffs from taking the furniture in the house, working six days a week, not seeing my wife, not seeing my children, I'm working so many hours. I'm nearly depressed, just wasn't diagnosed because I didn't want to go to the doctor, uh, to the physician. Um, so I just caught myself clinically unhappy and, uh, and I was broke. Mm. Age 38, uh, things are so bad that a simple message of guidance from the universe, a simple influence from the universe, a simple truth from the universe made me stop, pause, and literally go inside and discover my truth. Because age, age 38, just a few you know, short years ago, um, a security guard came to the office. Um, it's late at night. It's almost 10 o'clock. And he just said to me, are you ready to lock up now, Derek? And I just said, well, no, no, I need some more time. Mm. When he came back, I asked for even more time. It's now approaching 10 in the evening. And he said to me, well, what time did you get in this morning? And that one question set me on this path that changed my whole life. So the universe is always trying to give us signals, words, thoughts, questions, phrases, ideas, things that happen outside of us that stop us and stir us and cause us to pause. Mm -hmm. But often we don't get the benefit of that universal interaction because we ignore, we walk by, we pass over, we pay no attention to. And then we wonder why our life continues to struggle when we pay no attention. Mm -hmm. So it is about listening to what's happening around you and almost looking out for those 10 second moments, things that catch you and make you stop and go introspectively. That question, Stop me because I've been working for about 17 years at that point, working all these hours, ruining my health and relationships. And I've been up, for example, that morning since six, on the road at seven, in the office for eight. It was now 10 in the evening, my regular pattern, working weekends where I could. And I realized I was not living the life that was mine. And how many of us having this conversation today, listening to this conversation today, are really living the life that's really them? Mm-hmm. In that moment, I recognized that I was not happy because I was not who I truly was. And you can't be happy as not you. You know, this part of the universe, this part of the life, this part of the light was given to me for me to express and live. And I've been living my life based on what I thought the world, the industry, the people, the community, clients, customers would have me be. Mm-hmm. And of course, that you, you know what that does to an individual when you live a life that you th- think everyone else would have you be. My mm. truth came out in that 10 second moment and said, you're not happy unless you become your true self. And it also told me that, that I should stop setting goals. It gave me practical guidance. 
to stop setting goals, which take me away from my true self and cause a disconnect with the self and make me unhappy and to instead start living by high daily standards set from within, set from my truth. And that's what I did. And from that point, everything changed. Mm-hmm. And I love that you explain all that in more detail in the book. And I think it's very... Of course, it's big explain. <laughs> right. Critical for people to pick up the book and to really work through this because it is a process. And I want to ask you about that yeah. because you have that moment. And I understand how powerful that can be. For some of us, we have those moments and they truly are life-changing for whatever reason and in whatever way based on who we are. But for the people who have the moments, they hear these things or see these things and they know that they need to do something differently, what do you suggest to them to go down that path? Because sometimes that's really scary. Sometimes to not live for other people, to not live to societal terms, to not do what we're used to doing is extremely difficult to change. So I would love for you to share with the listeners how you would suggest or guide them to get out of that place of that change that may need to be a slower change for them or take more time. But but how can they go about that? And the first thing to do is recognition that this gift of life was given to you, not someone else, mm. not to the media, not to your company, not to your friends. It was given to you, mm. for you to express your part of the light. On top of that, it's really important to recognize that every single one of us, that's every single one of us, has capacity inside of us, which I call the inner genius. You might even call that a wise guru with inside of you. That when we are in a world of non-self, when we're not being that self, it rarely shows itself in our life. But here's the incredible, amazing, joyful thing. When we begin to pay attention to our inner wisdom, to our inner sagacity, and be guided and begin to trust ourselves and to live our life as ourselves, that genius, that guru, wakes up and begins to play a bigger and bigger and bigger part in our lives. People will then begin to turn around to you years later and say, how did you become you? And they won't know what they're asking you, but they're really asking, how do you become you? Because your life is so different now. Mm-hmm. But they're really asking, how do you become your true self? Because you might argue, you mentioned about fear. You know, fear means we have to have courage to overcome something. Mm -hmm. If things are tough, we have to use willpower to keep going and to keep going when things are tough and things are hard and things are not working out. But there's something which is much more important and much more powerful than fear. Much more important and powerful than courage, much more important and powerful than willpower. The greatest thing within each of us is our truth. Truth is more powerful, is more important and powerful than courage, and it will take you through and take you along your road more than any willpower. It's recognizing that you can begin to trust yourself. See, I began, as you alluded to, I didn't change my life overnight, but my life was changed overnight. My life changed in those moments because I made the decision to begin to trust my true self. Mm-hmm. On some big things and some small things. When I counsel people, I suggest that they start, because your life is yours, my life is mine. Start beginning to trust yourself on small things, the small bits of wisdom or guidance or intuition or instincts that come from within. And as here's the thing about the true self within each of us. As we begin to trust our true self, it's as if our true self begins to trust us with that which it is sharing with us. 
Mm. And as a result, it will share more and deeper and greater things, things that will revolutionize you and revolutionize your world. Mm-hmm. See, most people when I sit down, particularly when I'm counseling or just doing some uh, some, some challenge, uh, life challenge work, and I hear someone's story in the background and what their current challenges are, it becomes to me so obvious that I oftentimes find myself saying, your lack of trust in yourself has led you here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which means that you've trusted everything else outside of you without actually looking at who you came and what you came here as, which is the being inside of you, the true you. The moment we begin to develop our relationship with ourself, we become stronger and our gifts and our light and our abilities and our genius begins to shine in our life. And this is what we coach and speak and talk around. It's around how do we get and begin to trust ourselves to the degree that when we trust ourselves, we will be fed by the real gifts inside. Then when we recognize what's going on, we are able to trust ourselves some more. Then when we are guided to do wise things and go left instead of right, and to call or not to call, to do or not to do these things, to have our inspiration and ideas and thoughts which would never have come to you in non-self, we begin to shift and change. Mm-hmm. It's an automatic process, and I think that's what people don't realize. There's not really a lot of things you have to do. It just begins mm-hmm. to happen. Indeed. In fact, it's really a bigger question would be, what are we doing in our lives not to be in our true self? Mm. Great you know, question. It's a, so it's around, you know, there's a little thing that comes out of the true self. It has four characteristics. But the third characteristic of true self is what's called our faculty. This is what I call our gifts, whatever our belief systems are, whether they gifts from God, from the universe, part of the universe, infinite intelligence, the source, our gifts that we all come here with. We came here with this stuff inside of us. This is what we are made on. And actually, people rarely access those gifts and abilities and talents. And when they do, they call it the zone or they call it the flow or they're in some state and they didn't know, wow. And they talk about the zone or the flow that they're in. They could tell you when it happened, the date and the year, and how long they were there for, and what happened afterwards. And here's the thing. Most people talk about the zone or the flow because they did something incredible mm-hmm. in their thoughts or their thinking or their actions or their words or their physical things. And I simply put this to you. Whatever you did that you called yourself a genius in that moment, that's the real you. Mm. That's when you allowed your true self to pop up into your life in those moments and for a moment, express itself in your life. And people around you, including you, say, well, what did you do? And how did you do that? Where did that come from? You were amazing. And you really don't know. But I'm sharing with you that you could not have done those things unless you could have done those things, which means that that is the real you. Mm-hmm. The question we come back to. That genius at play, which you used to call the flow, you used to call the zone, that's the real you. That's your true genius. What are we doing in our lives not to be in that place? And if we could access that place, not once three years ago, but once a month, once a week, how about once a day? How about extended periods throughout the day? Now, what does our life look like? This is our truth. Very powerful. Very powerful. Let me ask you then, were there times along the way or even perhaps now during your life and all the things that you're doing and exciting things and big things, that you sometimes step back and say, am I hearing the right thing? Am I doing the right thing? Is this really right for me? Because I think that sometimes the challenge with people, they do hear that inner truth, they do hear that inner genius coming out or see it coming out, but they're not always sure if they should 
go down that path or buy into it. And I know you even share in your book a couple experiences of mm -hmm. some really brave and courageous steps you took based on what you knew in your heart to be true. So how do you, do you still deal with that, those questions? And if you yeah. did at one point, how do you deal with that? Of course, one of the things we can pay attention to is that true self is not our mind. Our true self is not our ego. And one of some of the greatest uh, guidance I get, it's almost like I've done the complete reverse on this because when I have a, almost, a, a, I'm second guessing myself or when I'm thinking, what do I do here or where do I go or what's the right way of doing this? That, to me, becomes an indication that I'm not in my true self enough. Because that's where the mind and the ego begin to tell you, well, you maybe shouldn't do that, or maybe that isn't right, or you shouldn't pay attention here. So the true self knows your truth. And the biggest breakthroughs I've had in my career to date is when I've had the most conflict. In other words, my true self was saying, do this, go there now, sit here, say these words. And my mind would say, well, logically, that doesn't make any sense. My left brain would go, well, the real way of doing this is and when we find the left brain the logic or even the ego you know who we think we are in the world telling us what we should do and conflicting with intuition that is the most single important time to follow through on the intuition i don't know why this is what i've had the experience of and to me it's a mystery how when i get guidance and we get wisdom from our true self that oftentimes the ego in the mind tries to keep us in logic and keep us left those are the times when we follow the intuition and follow the guidance that our biggest shifts will come because that is pure channeled genius coming through. Mm -hmm. So do I have moments where I have um, uh, second-guess myself or have concerns or I'm not sure? Absolutely, of course I do. Okay. Well, what I mm have -hmm. is that I, 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 don't, I forget about the content of what's happening there and look at the context. If I'm second-guessing myself and wondering what's going on, I'm in my mind. Ah, what do I need to, where do I need to be? Stop. Pause, go inside, begin to ruminate, ponder and meditate and hold the space from inside and begin to listen once more to the guidance and the wisdom from that place and take action from there. Does that make sense? It makes a lot of sense. Very powerful and I'm so glad that you shared that because I know that many people will find that information useful and helpful in their practice of becoming closer to their truth, which is so powerful as you've said. I want to talk a little bit and have you share the notion behind being a financial advisor, obviously enjoying what you do and being good at what you do and now even better at that, but then <laughs> shifting into this whole other world, which you're also great at and very successful at, of speaking and then writing your books. What occurred for you as far as knowing that you had this gift to share with others and really believing that it was your purpose to go out and share yeah. it's actually it's a journey for each of us are on this journey and um you know people always say you know, you know travel on the right path for you and stay on your journey and stay on your path and take the right road and all these examples that we have and when i just begin to realize that you know what yeah I'll, I'll travel my journey i'll travel my road but for most of my life i didn't even know where my road was I didn't know where the path was. I didn't know which steps to take. So how do you travel the road and be true to your journey where you don't even know where the road is? And that was clearly a challenge for my life because at 38, you thought you'd figure things out by 38, but hey. 
So for me, it's around, I discovered who I was. Where, and I recognized I wasn't my true self before that. When I, when, when the short answer to your question is, I only do me now. Mm-hmm. See, my challenges in life came because I was trying to do and be other things I thought I would be and should be and should have and other people's measurements of success and trying to attain to that and what it meant. And all that did was cause a massive disconnect between who I really was, my true self. So what I really um, do now is I, I, I understand that my gifts, like yours, are inside of me. Mm-hmm. And it's my real purpose is to discover the gifts and to make them real to realize what's inside of me and then to make that which I discover real in the world. It's, it's, it's not about what I've achieved in financial services or writing or coaching or film or whatever it might be. It's just recognizing that this is how I can express myself when I begin to go inside and act from that place. But in all those contexts, I'm the same person. I'm just doing me. Mm-hmm. It just happens when I'm doing financial servicing, coaching. I do it in a unique way which is really around understanding the person, getting the connection, authentic, balanced, centered, connected. That is how I work in my financial services business. And when I'm coaching and mentoring, speaking and writing, I hold that space of being A, B, C, and C. A, B, C, and C, authentic, balanced, centered, and connected. And the reason I answer the question that way, Andrew, is because when you're holding that space, it matters not what you're doing whether you're an advisor, a coach, a parent, a friend, an advisor, you're just doing you. I love that. And I think that's powerful and very important. And of course, goes right along with the other things that you've been sharing. And I appreciate that you're taking your gifts and using them to better the world and to help so many people. It's so critical, especially now when there's so many opportunities for people to grow and change and be their best. Can you share a little bit with the listeners about the book? What would they get from the book? And what do you think it would do for a typical reader that picked up a copy of 10 Second Philosophy? The greatest um, thing about, about the book for me was that um, was actually in the writing it, I knew I was writing to someone. As I was writing the book and what was channeling through me, I was literally typing, typing away at the same keyboard I'm at now. And I knew that this is for someone. I knew my energy inside me was speaking to somebody else's energy. And the purpose of the book is really, really simple. Really simple. The 10 second philosophy is a practical guide to releasing your inner genius. See, I'm not gonna tell you what your genius is. I'm not gonna tell you what's possible for you. Mm -hmm. I'm not gonna tell you how to do one, two, and three and become happy and successful. Here's what the book does do. From my truth and my light to yours, it says, Here's how you can wake yourself up. It's for you to just go inside and discover what your guru is and who you are and what you really are. Mm-hmm. It's for you to then release that genius into your life rather than if you're told what your genius is. The whole purpose of the book is to help individuals that read it and work through it to wake up their own inner genius. So they don't, they don't need a 40,000-year-old guru. They don't need the next best thing that comes along in the personal development or self-help world. They just need themselves. Our truth is inside of us, and that's why I wrote the book. But it's practical, because I understand when that philosophical stuff is often heard, people go, okay, that's really great and it sounds good, but what do I do? Right. 
So the book comes down to the practical guide to releasing your energy. It gives you step-by-step things to do for you to go inside because your inner genius will guide you from there. But the practical things, the most practical thing it gives us to do is to stop setting goals and to start living by what we call standards. Be really, really clear. A standard is a basis, a criteria, a level, a quality or rule. One of those five things. A basis, criteria, level, quality or rule set from within. It's where we find that space inside ourselves and we find that spot and we hold that space and we ask the question, what's the right standard for me in this area of my life? Whether it be personal health and fitness, career, family, relationships, emotions, environment, time, whatever it might be. And by the way, on that one point alone, we work through those processes in the book. But There's also a free download on the website, which gives a free download of a document called The Perfect Life Standard System. The book enables us to do the same thing as that document will do, to work through and say, okay, what are the standards in my life that I run each day, today? Which of those standards I run that still honour and serve me? And I can let go of the ones that don't honour and serve me anymore. To honour ourselves means to remember ourselves. And then we can set new standards and we can operate from those standards set from within, not from without, set from within ourselves. And we have to commit to those standards just for today. This is nothing to do with goals. Goals say, be, do, have this in the future, this weight, this income, this house, this car, this promotion, and then we will be happy. Around the world, the response is always the same. I've never met a person yet that set a goal, and the result of that goal is to be unhappy. Not one. Right. In any any faith, religion, or country, everyone sets a goal, and they attach some happiness to that goal. But here's the problem. Goals are future-based, and that causes us to disconnect our happiness from the present time and say, I'll be happy in the future next week, next month, maybe five or 20 years. When I've got this, when I'm doing that, then I'll be happy. Here's the problem. That's where the happiness stays, out there in the future. But the reality it is, is that happiness, real happiness, is a now experience. So the book helps us to go through recognising what happiness really is, how to get happiness now, today. We don't even know we've got it tomorrow. That's right. My mother died when she was 35 years old. Although I was 13, I didn't have the conversation with her to say, Mom, what goals and plans and ideas have you got for the future? I didn't ask those questions. But if I did, I'm sure she'd have given me some. Mm-hmm. But she wasn't there to follow through on any of that. That's right. So for each of us, we make a massive assumption that we're going to be, do, and have these great things into the future, and then we're going to be happy. Hold on a second. Happiness is a narrow experience. What standards say and what standards do, standards are a present time, now, today experience. Only set standards. And the gift of the book that came through my genius to yours is that when we set standards for our life, we only have to commit to them for one day. Mm-hmm. Today. Just until we get our head back on our pillow tonight, we set standards from within and we only commit to sticking at those standards just for one day. To be the person we truly are, to hold the right criteria, quality, level, rule or basis for our life in every component of it just for today. Pressure's gone. The pressure is off. And I think, Angela, from your background, you will know that, uh, you know, in the Bible, Jesus is uh, quoted as saying, remember these words and gives this Lord. And if you're a Christian, he gives this Lord's prayer to remember. In the middle of the Lord's prayer, he gives four words and he says, give us this day. Mm-hmm. And those words have come back to me from that day till this. 
give it when I woke up, give us this day. Give. See, it's about the day. That being who you are today, being your truth today, getting from the day, giving to the day, hugging, caring, sharing, giving your light, all your aspects and your gifts today. And this answers the other big question. Because later on in scripture, he says, have no worry for tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. And that would puzzle anyone, adult or child. But I began to realize once I'd woken up these few short years ago, the only way to have no worry about tomorrow and to let tomorrow take care of itself is to be or you can be. Releasing your inner genius, being your true self today. And that's, what book, that's what the book shares and gives us how to do and go inside your true genius. And you know, the biggest thing about this for me, even people I've coached over time, is that people that set goals, we've had this goal setting idea for the last 140 odd years. And the question I'd ask anyone is, how's that working out for you? Mm-hmm. How's that working out for you as a person? Mm-hmm. You know, goals make you happy and successful. Really? How's that working out for you? for the world, for the country, for your community. How's that working out for us all? So what came through my genius is something that, as an idea, was that what goals take you outside of yourself. And more, much more than that. When we begin to live by daily standards, we keep ourselves in our creative genius. Our creative genius is the greatest part of us. It's our gifts and abilities. There's nothing that you can set a goal around that really you couldn't do greater things in your life by by setting standards and being your true self. In other words, or to hear that another way, whatever goals we set for ourselves in our life, they'll be based on things that are in our mind, in our ego, or in the world. But when we filter to ourselves, it's mind and ego. What I've discovered, when we are our true selves, accessing our true inner genius, the stuff will come from that place that you could never have set a goal around because you did not know that gift was inside of you. Wow, very powerful. And I agree. And I love, as I said, I read the book myself. I love that it was a read that was practical and easy for anyone to pick up and understand and work through. And as you said, it's about today. So I want to encourage our listeners who today are going through whatever suffering there is, whatever seems hopeless or unable to change in any way or unable to heal from or whatever it is, I really encourage them to heed your words and realize that it is about today, what thoughts we have today, what actions we take today, because we don't know what tomorrow holds. And really that gives us much hope is that we do have today. Yes, absolutely, Andrew. And we only have today. Everything else is an illusion. That's right. That's right. So can you tell the listeners before we wrap up, what is in the future plans for Derek Mills? What can we look towards to? I know you have a lot of projects going on and you've done some international speaking and worked with some great authors and speakers. Is there some things that we have to look forward to? Yeah, I mean, there are, there are things that, um, that I'm doing. I think the greatest thing uh, is to know what Derek Mills is doing right now is many times throughout the day and throughout his living experience as much as he can, is going inside, listening to his inner voice and trusting the guidance wisdom from that place. Because if I were to share with you what's actually happening in my life right now, it would take some time. Mm-hmm. But what actually happening is, it doesn't actually matter. The detail doesn't matter what is happening here because there are other things that I'm working on, people I'm working with and things I'm creating and I'm writing and all these other things. But you know what? what's really important is that Derek Mills is happy. Mm. Up to age 38, he wasn't happy. 
Jake Mills is following his own inner guru, his own inner wisdom, and he's happy. And I do believe that when we came here as beings, the key thing for each of us is to be ourselves. It is in the being of self that we become truly happy. So we came here with gifts and abilities and talents. And I would, Derek Mills would want to share with you that is in, in the discovery of who we are and the being of who we are whilst we're in this physical world that will make us happy. Because it's the expression, it's the expression of those gifts as to why we came here for this part of the journey. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there's plenty more. I'm writing um, more literally every day. I'm writing, I'm sharing, I'm coaching, I'm mentoring, creating new, new material. I'm just doing me now. And if you said to me what I would be, do, what I would be doing in the future, the biggest thing is a lot of it I don't actually know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what I'm actually doing is, you know what? Probably be no surprise to you, Angela, maybe not to many of your listeners, but when I have guidance from within, I follow through on that. Yes. And I especially follow through on that when it makes no logical sense. Mm-hmm. So I'm telling you what's kind of around me right now. But if I said to you, <laughs> you know, just going back three years ago, that when I wasn't a speaker, I wasn't an executive film producer, and I wasn't in a film with Jack Canford and Dr. John Grainer, who've sold millions and hundreds of millions of books, literally. I wasn't counselling with people in the American government or leading and coaching people here in England in financial services. I wasn't doing all this. I wasn't a published author. When I was, how I was able to do all of that in a short period of time is by being me mm-hmm. and then trust that gifts would come from that place and they have. Mm-hmm. And I'm just excited now about the gifts that are going to come from that place right now. I'm excited about it today in the moment. I'm happy now being me. And this is the gift. It's less about the future. It's more about recognizing the gift and the joy of who you are and what you are today. And if you can carry that thought and feeling with you into every interaction, every meeting with a child, a parent, a business colleague, just carry that space, you're going to change your world and maybe even change the world. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we are here to change the world. Each of us has a role in that. That's a whole other topic and discussion probably, but I really appreciate everything that you've shared today, Derek, for opening up yourself to uh, share with our listeners, to share some of your story, to talk about the book. How would listeners connect with you and get a copy of the book, 10 Second Philosophy, A Practical Guide to Releasing Your Inner Genius? Yeah, the 10 Second Philosophy can be available um, via Amazon. That's the probably easy way to do it. The book is available on the website also, which is Derek, D-E-R-E-K-Mills.com. Um, there's free downloads and free resources on the website. They can find me on Facebook, Derek Mills, The 10 Second Philosophy. They can find me on Twitter, Derek Mills 1. So connect. Welcome to your story matters. The show where we share inspiring stories. For me around the world. After you've listened to this one, why don't you tell us yours? Share your story at yourstorymatters.net. But first, here's your host, speaker and writer. Make contact, and if I can help in any way, then please make that connection and make yourself known to me. Wonderful. Thank you you very much. Derek, thank you so much.